AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. We're recording. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It's been so long. It has been so long. (laughs) Who who the fuck are you guys? I don't even know. What? I am an ancient being because being ancient is not bad. Okay. Well, apparently I'm an old lady now. All right. (laughs) Mika's ancient. You're an old lady. And I'm just. So much has changed. Haggard. So much has transpired. So much has changed. But I guess we could remind people who we. I'm Gabby. Yeah. I'm Nika. I'm Taylor. And we also have two cats here. We got Jimmy and Patsy. I have a new cat, which that's a crazy thing. Welcome, Gabby has a new cat. I have a new dog. Nika fostered cats. I did. I fostered four kittens. My God. Never becoming a mother. I'm literally getting my tubes tied very soon. (laughs) Anyway. Do you think you'd have kittens? Yeah. If I were to get pregnant right now by a human, I would birth kittens because that's just who I am as a person. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So freaky. It's listen. Nika's been on a whole journey. She doesn't have cat now. All the furry jokes, guys, were true. (laughs) Did you see that guy that there's some guy that actually got like a lot of surgery to turn into a dog and he went for his first walk out in the world as a dog? Oh my god! <laughs> what if he did his first walk and he was like, "I actually, I don't think this was worth it. <laughs> I didn't like, actually have a good time." I like don't think picture, this is for me. Actually. There's like a picture of him like looking at a real dog, and the real dog is like, "What the actual fuck?" Yeah, like when I walk my cat Gigi, that's kind of how they. That's how the cats look at, and that's how the dogs look at the cat. Like that's yeah. a weird looking dog. It's like, yeah, well. Dogs are so racist. That's crazy. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> lots has transpired. Lots has changed. But we're all still the hot group that everyone knows and loves. You're still a hot power trio who this is the first time we've hung out since. No. No. We've hung out. We had waffles a couple we had times. Waffles. The love is real. Yeah, the Stop. love is, yeah. We're still a power trio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I came into Gabby's new apartment and threw myself on the couch immediately. And apparently this is the couch of her dead grandma mm. oh yeah my grandma died that's something else <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but I feel like what? It's been like two, a year and a half since the end of Cadaver Gals. And that's wild. There's probably a lot of other people who died in the interim. So they should be happy that we don't do the show anymore. Yeah. I mean, Otherwise, really, we'd be talking about you. The height of death was just... whilst Cadaver Gals was happening, yeah. i.e. COVID. Yeah. yeah. The peak I, of COVID. I mean, I know we did this kind of at the at the, the last episode, but again, I want to shout out to everyone. Apologies that we made the show <laughs> during COVID, but, you know, we had a contract and we had to fulfill it. So, but sorry that we yeah. didn't. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I think sorry. the dead are happy just because we're not bullying them anymore and making up facts about them. Yikes. But also for those that existed, thank you so that we could have something to do during yeah. Yeah, thanks to period. the guy who got eaten by like his own porno like when he they, like seeped through him and it basically that was like ate one him of alive. the first ones that it, we recorded it, it stuck with me for the rest of my life okay yeah yeah still rat stuff rat torture that's always mm-hmm. going to be part of us Love that's part of our one. identity Loved now that one yeah drowning and yeah. excrement the horse fucking i think about it all the time yeah you really do i, I bring it up like bring to it the up people the i'm time. like did you know and they're like okay why are you telling me this why are you telling me this why like do you know this <laughs> like, I, like i just came over for some fun and now you're sitting down telling me about this horrible horse fucking death see yeah. that's the thing without the podcast i'm just like talking about this on dates and it's, <laughs> and it's not going i mean actually it's going great to be honest <laughs> I, I think i could say thriving. anything i don't think i could say anything and no one would care oh. all right yeah well also the one that i always think about is the the cow dogs are more likely to eat you and then cats will eat you after you die yeah. after yeah. we all die in our apartments alone um yeah that, well to be fair i have a house so sorry you both have houses my bad when you guys die in your houses alone <laughs> <laughs> let's be real our i pets have two dogs us. to eat me oh yeah. goody except for one day he stays in that crate so he, he might unless he's out and about when i die which i guess is very possible he's a giant puppy he is giant I think he could he, be the one that murders me i think he's a man instead of a dog suit is what i think it is oh my oh. god is that the furry guy that we were just talking about is he your dog that's <laughs> crazy Taylor is actually like, did talking you guys about, about the story um how traumatic would that be though to like have acquired a dog and then mm. not realizing that it was really a human yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would say would it's traumatic bad. and then also very oh, there would be something wrong with you it'd be like you didn't notice yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be like lilo and stitch but like the cursed version mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah. i'd like to think that i'm smarter than that yeah. coming soon from marvel cursed lilo and stitch, cursed lilo and stitch. <laughs> gabby yeah okay so I, I gathered, your new podcast yeah so i gathered us here today so that you guys could sit in traffic mostly and just really bother you but anyway we're hopping on the cadaver gals feed for the to the cadaver pals to tell you guys about a new show that i'm doing and i'm trying to promote it and what that is what i'm doing selfish bitch. i know i'm being very <laughs> self i'm trying to promote a new podcast because i do there was somebody who like when we said it's our last episode, I remember someone like commented, which one of you guys are like doing your own thing now? Like who's it's going so I was like, oh, oh my gosh. God, it's me. Whoopsie. Sorry, it's me. Um, You're the toxic one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, oh, thank you. We should yeah. have we should have done an, like a vote or we should. I guess we still can do a vote on who they think is the most toxic of the three of us on the social media. Yeah, we'll do one post and we'll ask who's the most toxic. <laughs> Gabby immediately. Oh, yes. my God. immediately. Thank right. you. I love to be remembered. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm doing a new podcast. It's called American Filth. Okay. Great title, right? I'm just like react to the title and basically <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> basically what it is, it's gonna be a weekly show and every day I tell a story from American history that's filthy. A Ooh. filthy story. And the reason I did it is because remember the one episode with Governor Morris, who is one of the founding fathers Obviously. who then Yeah, he died by because he used his wife's uh corset 
as a catheter yeah. and then yeah. he got an infection in his wiener you guys yeah. remember that? and then we talked about whale bones yeah i remember oh. yeah gosh taylor she's so old and she has alzheimer's <laughs> oh <laughs> wow let's joke about alzheimer's uh, trigger warning we got to give the people what they want uh but anyway so i'm doing so because of that i really I did some more research about him and i really i thought his life was pretty interesting so i wanted to do a show just about him but then they're like actually instead could you just do a show every week about different people and i was like fine Fine. So uh, fine. fine, I will do my I own will, podcast every week. Force me, I, I will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was they literally threatened me. It was so thanks, iHeart. <laughs> Look what I'm doing oh now. My God. So now I'm doing this show, and so there's gonna be episodes every week, and it's just basically me narrating a story. It's kind of like a stupid Wikipedia page, but with really stupid sound design as well. And oh, so that's no. what the show is. Yeah, it's going to be oh, every... no, I hate that. No, no it's great. I love no. it. Shut up, Mika. I'm excited. I'm, I'm awesome. trying to promote the podcast. I can't have, have you being like, no, don't listen to it. That's I, not how promotion works. I just, I just know there's, <laughs> pro- there's going to be F-A-R-T jokes. Yep. There okay. probably is, but... It is every time we say something about a wiener, I just put a boing sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so I think it's just fun. like morning talk show. Yeah, it's just me being like, okay, guys, today we're You're talking about what... The- yeah, it's me alone. Wow. Oh, my very Like how I always wanted to be. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so I'm going to be like going on a walk. It'll be Monday morning. And then I'll be like, time to listen to my filthy story. And Gabby's sonorous voice will appear. Yeah. Should we read the reviews? My boring voice will be. <laughs> yeah. For <laughs> the reviews. Yeah. No, you have. You'll have to throw some things in there for for the cadaver gals. Mm-hmm. Throw some and death. Throw, throw th- some death stories. Yeah. Yeah, we got death stories. Like actually, um, I'm hijacking a lot of the cadaver gals content. Sorry. Wow. Oh goody. Okay. But mostly, really but just because our our year and a half, two years of work. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just stealing just your work. To this. For yeah, example, right. I'm stealing the Dr. Dr. Willard Bliss story. Mm, that was, was a good one. That's a good one. So I'm doing more about that one. And then also there was the one that I did that was about like in where they thought people were vampires and they would dig them up. And then like I was literally going to bring up vampires. Do more about vampires. I'm yeah, curious. we love vampires. We do. We really do. And apparently aliens are real now. So you're going to have a lot to go off of. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I so much has changed, guys. Aliens exist. Well, they have been existing, but sure. we we no, just yeah. they just decided to tell us. You know, they were like things got a little too calm. Yeah, let's let's throw some aliens. But the in thing there. is, no one really gives a fuck. They really no. don't. Well, I mean, actually, I wanted to gather you guys here today because I wanted to tell you a real secret, which is. Um, I am a lizard person. Oh my god! <laughs> Not I knew surprised. You knew. I always knew there was something that attracted me about Gabby. That's what. It is. Okay, are you a furry or are you a scaly? Like, which one are you? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Fair, fair. <laughs> All right, guys. But so I just wanted to tell you about the podcast, and then they, people could hear our beautiful voices. And uh, I'm actually going to attach at the end of this an episode that you guys can just listen to. Oh my god! Can you tell me when it launches? So it's coming out uh, September 6, 9-6, a.k.a. the opposite of 69. Okay, that is so smart. That was on purpose. Lizard brain, I'm telling you. 10 out of 10. Um, So it's coming out, and by the time that this comes out, I'll probably have a few episodes out. um, And so they're going to come out every week on Wednesdays. How many do you have banked? Amazing. Wednesdays, hump days. Ah. Exactly. Um, How many do I have banked? Um, Technically, supposedly... I'll have 10 by the time it comes out. Supposedly. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I feel like that's pretty good. We were always like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We got to we make were... an episode. Yeah. Comes out it was, tomorrow. It was intense. Okay, now well, all of our, our listeners understand why it was the way that it was. Okay. Maybe. Cadaver Pals. 
I think you you know what to do, right? We are what's the word? Um, forcing you? No, we are telling <laughs> suggesting, you, suggesting. Telling you. No, I want something forceful. I Imploring. want no threatening, thre- threatening. We yeah, are threatening right. you to listen to this podcast because y'all are nasty. So I feel like you would love it. Thank you. Taylor, now yeah. you do an endorsement of my podcast you haven't heard. Oh, my gosh. Look, anything that Gabby's going to do is going to be absolutely amazing. She obviously was the best one. True. Besides me and Nika. Oh. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good point. Oh, I'm kidding. I am so excited to listen to your new podcast and listen to the, all of the filth. Everyone, all of you cadaver pals, all yeah. five of you. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Gather together and listen. There is nothing better than like being in an adult dinner party and then just having a story where people are like, where the fuck did you hear that? You sound smart. You sound cool. And you sound a little bit dirty, which is exactly how you attract an ideal mate in this in this environment. Mm hmm. Or your mates. ideal mate. <laughs> Nika and her freaky mates. That's actually a new podcast that's coming Nika out too. Nika and her freaky mates. Listen. Naughty Neeks. Naughty Naughty Neeks. That was always Remember the that? that was always the nickname. Taylor, yes. what's your podcast that's going to come out one day? Oh my gosh, it's probably just like a podcast about all of my traumas. Taylor's Carousel of Traumas. Taylor's trauma, trauma Taylor. We do this thing at work where we talk about like somebody will highlight what they have on their desk and all of they do is go show them how like all of their fancy houses and um, where they live. Oh, you're you're talking active shit. You are. (laughs) okay. (laughs) But no, this is actually funny because Nika goes, Taylor would be like, oh, do not add me into this. (laughs) Nika goes, oh, Taylor would just be um, I talk about or I Think about how I'm going to quit my job every single day and then go do something else and, and go ride horses into the sunset. Board. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Oh, God bless. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just thinking about what I'm editing out. Um yeah, you, I'm this sorry, conversation. You can edit that no. out. <laughs> oh, I guess actually lastly we should Taylor, have you seen any good horses recently? Okay, no. I haven't because here's why. So I y'all knew about Maverick, right? Maverick was in yes. my life mm-hmm. during Cadaver Gals, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't remember Maverick. Maverick's my horse. I like have a horse buddy now and his name is Maverick. Anyway, I haven't seen him in a while because I broke my foot. And so I can't, I can't ride until my Have you my seen foot horses online? Is... <laughs> I mean. We're just scrolling, looking at horses. I do though. She does is the thing. <laughs> I do. Have you not seen how cute baby horses are? So cute. I have seen them before. They're pretty cute. They're so cute. They're so clumsy though. They're so clumsy. So it's so the embarrassing. The little knobby knees, so yeah. cute. Embarrassing. Mm-hmm. When I was a baby, I just fell out and was just, this is what I looked like. You just <laughs> started walking I around. I was never a baby. Exactly. You were like a giraffe. Yeah, I'm actually Benjamin Button. <laughs> You've got the face for it, babe. Yeah, I'm getting so young. <laughs> I'm so young. So fresh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, listen to my new podcast. It's called American Filth. And I'm going to drop the episode actually about Governor Morris right after this. So please listen, like, Yay! subscribe, leave a review. That's bad. Why not? No, a, leave no. good reviews. Yeah, leave good ones. So that Gabby can keep doing it and just be, what is it called? American Filth? Yeah, it's called American <laughs> Filth. <laughs> so Gabby can just be, do that for her job. American Filth will just be her job. Just like I wanted for Cadaver Gals. But alas, 
for the last I have to actually do work now. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, I have to do like two other shows too, unfortunately, at the same well, time. But if but. you become so, if everybody likes and says all of the good things and gives you all good reviews, then you'll be too busy on all of your tours and everything to do other work. Yeah. So exactly. Well, That's, do you have any ideas of like? Because I was thinking of calling people like filth heads or something. I don't know. Filth heads. Mm. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Like, no. It's like, yeah, I've only recorded like six episodes where I say that, but it's fine. No, no, it's bad. I mean, it's not bad. I just, I think we can do better. Okay, filters. I'm sh- filters. <laughs> Filthy. Well, fondlers. it'll just organically come about with me talking to myself in the studio, it will. which is that closet right there. Gabby, are you not going to miss us? I do miss you every day with every fiber of my being. Okay, that's why I force you to drive over here. Okay, everyone, listen to American Filth. Get filthy. Get filthy. <laughs> Get filthy. And here's the episode. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay, guys, this is American Filth, but uh, we're actually going to be starting not in America today. We're going to go across the water over to another continent. We're going to Gay Paris, Paris, France. Let's go over to the Louvre. Uh, at the time, it's it's like 1790, so it's not a museum, but a palace. And in that palace, in one of the wings, there's a young woman playing the harpsichord. She's the niece of the man who lives in these apartments, or these apartments have been bequeathed to him, because uh, he works for the king. And they are expecting company. Meanwhile, his wife is in the foyer, you know, a great place to perhaps greet the guests who are about to arrive. But instead of doing that, she is actually having sex with a one-legged American. And he isn't just any one-legged American. No, 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 no. He is a man who wrote this little thing that you might know, might recognize. Uh, It goes like this. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure our domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, Promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution of the United States of America. Yes, indeed. This dude fucking in the foyer wrote the preamble to the constitution of the United States of America. Because really, what is a more perfect union? What ensures more domestic tranquility than public sex? The Founding Fathers, you know them, right? Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, etc. But there is one Founding Father in particular who a lot of people don't know about. His name is Governor Morris. It's a French spelling. Some historians have said Gouverneur, Gouverneur, but I like Governor the best. And a lot of historians have said this in a much more intelligent way. But they have suggested that the reason that a lot of us don't know about Governor Morris is because he had a filthy personal life. Like, I'm not saying he was our sluttiest founding father because a lot of them were. I think he was just the founding father who was most in love with the idea of being in love. One of his, I guess, like affirmations that he lived by was to enjoy is to obey, which is basically the YOLO of the late 18th century. He was a public servant to America, but he was also there for a good time. He lived by his wiener, and actually, he died by it, too. This is the story of Governor Morris here on American Filth. Here's the theme song.
This is American Filth, and I'm your host, Gabby Watts. Every week, I bring you a different filthy story from American history. Today's episode, Living and Dying by the Wiener. why don't we just start at the beginning? Why not? Governor was born in 1752 at a place called Morrisania, his family's estate in New Amsterdam, which would become New York City. But then, you know, it was before it was the Big Apple. At the time, they called it the Crab Apple. His dad was very rich, a landowner and a judge. And the family itself, it was just big aristocratic vibes. His dad died when he was young, but not before he told Governor and his older half-brothers that Governor was his favorite and smartest son. Dads always know the right thing to do, like pit your children against each other. Governor's mom was of Huguenot descent. She and Governor would have plenty of differences along the way. For example, during the War of Independence, she was a loyalist. She actually let the British use Morrisania as a military base. But before all of that, One unfortunate thing that happened to Governor when he was a kid, just when he was 14, uh, it was pretty clear that he was a bit of a clumsy boy and he dropped a kettle of boiling water on his right arm. Someone later described it, that it looked like all the flesh had been taken off. But he thrived in spite of his injury. He was mad educated. And before ye old Declaration of Independence, Governor, he was working as a lawyer, He was elected to the New York Provincial Congress in 1775, starts advocating for independence from Britain. When war breaks out, he gets involved. He's appointed to the Continental Congress in 1778, was in charge of military reforms, and he became the youngest signer of the Articles of Confederation. And yeah, he had a lot of opinions uh, on various founding fathers. He's a Huge simp for George Washington. He loves George Washington. He thinks James Madison is an idiot. And he becomes pals with Alexander Hamilton. Actually, when Alexander Hamilton's on his deathbed, Governor Morris is there too. Not dead, but just there to comfort his friend who's dying. But already as a young man, Governor Morris is developing a bit of a skanky reputation. Because he, at the time, he's he's strapping. He's charming. He's witty. And most importantly, he's over six feet tall. Oh, yeah! And historians specifically note that Governor rarely paid for sex. Oh, no, he didn't need to. He could just get it. As Governor wrote, I like only the yielding kiss and that from lips I love. And lucky for him, he seemed to love a lot of different lips. As his pal John Jay said about him, Governor is daily employed in making oblations to Venus. And not only was he making oblations to Venus, he was specifically making some of these oblations with other people's wives. And this gets him into trouble. So let's meet up with Governor Morris in May 1780. He's moved to Philadelphia. That's good for his business as a lawyer and as a merchant. But it's also good for his personal life. Because Philadelphians at the time had a pretty liberal view of sexuality. In general, the revolutionary period was pretty debaucherous. 
people were drinking a shit ton, like five drinks a day on average. There were lots of, you know, body houses, whore houses. People were banging. And not just to have kids, like for fun, men and women, in and out of marriage and sometimes in someone else's marriage. So the governor's there in the middle of all of that, and he's about to lose a leg because of it. The story goes like this. It's a nice-ass day in May 1780. Governor is not at work. He's not at home. No, he's at the apartments of some other dude banging that dude's wife. But in the middle of their oblations to Venus, the husband comes home early and catches them in the act. What the hell? That's my wife, dude. Oh, no. Fearing for his life, his junk, and just general bodily harm, the governor gets the hell out of there. And he does it the quickest way possible, by jumping from the balcony. But when he landed, he probably heard a series of cracks. Because with that jump, he had just totally fucked up his ankle. He gets rushed to the doctor. And the doctor's like, dang, this is so bad, we're going to have to take off the entire bottom half of your leg. That's obviously a very stressful situation, especially because at the time, a third of people who got amputations die. But Governor was like, do what you got to do, and he got his leg sawed off. Wow, isn't that a topsy-turvy story? Unfortunately, we do not know if it is completely accurate. Yeah, he lost his leg, but was it because he was fleeing from a jealous husband? Maybe not. That was just a rumor, but it's a really good one. So I wanted to say it. Other people say it was a mere phaeton folly, a.k.a. an alliterative way to say carriage accident. One of Governor's associates described the accident like this. He was riding out in a phaeton, and the horses, taking a fright, ran away in the street, struck the carriage against a post, broke it all to pieces, and in the shock, fractured Mr. Morris's ankle. Wow, much less exciting. But Governor did lose a leg. And the real doozy of the situation was that when the amputation happened, Governor's regular doctor was out of town. And then when his doctor was back in town, he was like, hey, actually, that other doctor made a really bad call. You probably didn't need to amputate your leg. Well, shit, I hate when you lose your leg for no reason. But Governor, he took it like a champ. One of his friends was trying to make him feel better about it. And Governor was like, my good sir, you argue the matter so handsomely and point out so clearly the advantages of being without legs that I am almost tempted to part with the other. Ha 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 ha, isn't he funny? Governor's other friends also ragged on him about it. John Jay threw some serious shade when he said that it might have been better if Governor had lost something else. For the rest of his life, Governor wore a simple wooden leg made from oak with a wooden knob at the end of it. Another addition to his scarred arm from his childhood injury. But again, it didn't really slow him down. He still went out dancing, boating, running around the town. And he even continued his pursuit of married women. Whoops. And that started right after the amputation. His recovery process was under the supervision of an extremely hot MILF with great taste in French fashion. Her name was Elizabeth Plater, the wife of George Plater, who would be the governor of Maryland. Governor was completely besotted by Elizabeth, 
he sweet talked her and she was like okay i see what you're doing i'll give you some attention whatever after his recovery he wrote her a letter saying the wish is in your own power but i will say no more on the subject lest i should go too far as i have once or twice done only be assured that nothing would give me so much pleasure once or twice is he flirting or is he referencing something else they did together hmm but every smart milf knows that there's a time to stop fooling around with these foolish young men so she was like hey sorry you need to move on governor was quite sad about it but blah 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 blah. you know the revolution is still going on lots of people are dying and then the British eventually signed the peace articles in November 1782, blah, 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 blah. The Articles of Confederation aren't working, blah, 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 blah. Delegates convened in Philadelphia in May 1787 for the Constitutional Convention, la, 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 la. Governor Morris was one of the delegates from Pennsylvania, and he was ready to talk. Over the course of the convention, he spoke 173 times, which was loads more than anyone else. And Governor, he, he had interesting beliefs, you know, he... He was very anti-slavery, but he also thought that poor people shouldn't vote. So, confusing. And then he drafted up the preamble to the Constitution and wrote those famous lines, We the people. And while that's all well and good, let's get back to the filth. Because Governor's life starts getting a little bit filthier, a little juicier, once he goes to Gay Perry. Governor Morris moved to France in 1789, originally as a businessman, and then he eventually became the American minister to France in 1792. So while he's in France, it's in the throes of revolution and its aftermath. But again, despite a revolution happening all around him, Governor finds plenty of time for leisure. When he arrived in France, he developed a terrific reputation with the ladies. He was invited to their salons, where women would talk wittily about books and romance and go tee-hee-hee-hee and ha-ha-ha-ha, aren't we clever? One French woman of the salon culture said, His imagination inclines to pleasantry. It is impossible not to be delighted. Another woman said, Governor Morris kept us in continual smile. And let's just say those weren't the only lips he kept smiling. <laughs> when he's in France, Governor keeps a vivid diary of everything that's happening. And the diary is filled with descriptions of the war, of revolution, of the politics, but it is also filled with innuendos about sex. Here are some of the things he would call sex. The act, the operation, communicate the joy, the usual amusement, love's disport, hymenial rites joining in fervent admiration to the Cyprian queen, celebrating. And one thing I like about him is that he says mutual pleasure, and we embrace to mutual satisfaction, which through great historical analysis that I'm making right now, I'm pretty sure that means that he would make the ladies come. What a good sport. Oh, yeah. And in France, he not only banged, but it also appears that he liked to bang in public. Like one time he wrote, 
Immediately, I take Madame on my lap and at the imminent risk of discovery by two doors and one window, perform the act. Now, Governor had many sexcapades, more than we can know, because there aren't records about all of them, obviously. But the ones he records in his diary, a lot of them are with one special lady that he met in France. Her name was Adelaide Filieu, Comtesse de Plaute. Most people just called her Adele. She was a very chic lady, would host très chic salons. Governor and Adele met in 1789. At the time, she was 28 and he was 37. And when they met, Morris wrote about her that she was a most pleasing woman. Unfortunately for him, she was married to the 63-year-old keeper of the King's Garden. But that dude wasn't really an issue. The real issue was Adele's other lover, the Bishop Charles Maurice de Talleyrand Perigot. Most people just called him Talleyrand. <laughs> Governor didn't like him. He said he was sly, cool, cunning, and ambitious. He was smart, but he also gambled and was a little bit lazy. And he also had a disability. He had a childhood injury that had crumpled his right foot. So he had to wear this round shoe with a middle rod up it. And it was rumored that the bishop was actually the father of Adele's son. And yeah, so Governor really did not like him. He wrote, I know not why conclusions so disadvantageous to him are formed in my mind, but so it is. Basically, IDK, why I don't like him, but I don't. But despite the bishop, despite the husband, Adele and Governor banged for the first time on July 27, 1789, and they banged everywhere. They banged at Adele's former convent in a carriage in her apartment while her niece was reading in the window seat. She was the lady he was banging in the foyer when all the guests were about to arrive. And as their relationship developed, it became clear that Governor was more into Adele than Adele was into him. She had told him that she had stopped seeing the bishop, but Governor would still try to play hard to get, because as he wrote, anxiety may keep her passion alive. Playing some fuckboy games right here. But, you know, to be fair, Adele might have just seen him as a security blanket. He was a rich, powerful American in unstable France. And if she needed to flee at some point, he probably could help pay her way out of France to safety. So, yeah, his relationship, it's a little toxic. But he also had plenty of ways to distract himself with his business affairs and with the politics of France at the time. And even though Governor was a founding father of America, the land of independence, he was a big old simp for the French nobility. He thought that the masses wouldn't know how to govern France. He thought that the French were very disorderly and said it would be impossible for such a mob to govern the country. And he thought that the French intellectuals were out of touch with reality. He called the people supremely depraved and devilish and wicked. You know, unlike the Americans drinking five shots a day and going to the brothels. Those American degenerates were different. In 1790, Governor had to go on a trip to London. At first, he postponed it because he thought Adele might be pregnant. And he was like, mwahaha, that means she might like me more. But alas, that was not the case. She was not pregnant. So away he went to do his business, to do his political affairs, la 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 la. And when he got back eight months later to France, he went to Adele's apartments. And there, he found yet another man. 
a dude named Lord Henry Wycombe, who was also very rich. And Adele was like, Governor, I think I just want to be friends. And Governor was devastated. He was like, my bosom is torn with anxiety, and I find in my left arm as well as in my left breast a physical sense of grief. He also assumed at that point that she was also still seeing the nasty bishop. But, you know, a lover's heart is fickle. And when Governor was in France, he discovered that one of his associates in London had stolen 15,000 pounds from him. And he had to return to London to sort it out. And Adele felt so bad for him. She was like, I'll give you all my money. I'm so sorry this happened to you. And then when he got back from London again, they banged. Even though they got interrupted by someone who came in, quote, so abruptly as to derange our closing moment. Talk about edging. But after that point, Governor decided to be more emotionally distant with her and decided to see some other people to assuage his pain. In the words of SZA, I fuck him because I miss you. Governor became the American minister to France in 1792, which, you know, a lot of Americans oppose because he was a nobility simp. Thomas Jefferson called him a high-flying monarchy man, which it is true that Governor spent the first few months of his position trying to get Louis XVI out of France. And, you know, Governor's opinions of the masses really didn't get any better during the Reign of Terror, which, you know, basically started in 1793, but there was already fuck shit happening. In his perspective, the French masses were going a little crazy. They were digging up the bodies of old monarchs, executing rich people, marching around Paris with heads on spikes. Governor was even asked by a French quarry owner one time to see if the French legislator could get him some money because his quarry had become too filled with people's heads. It's at this point where Governor's slutty life kind of takes a turn and instead turns to great heartache. He was probably feeling pretty low, not only with the terror, but because Adele had been able to obtain a passport for her and her son to flee France to London. The bishop was also able to flee, but her husband, well, he was one of the many people to get executed. And, you know, once the terror was raging, you know, Louis XVI, he was executed in January 1793. Governor was having a harder and harder time getting Americans and other friends out of France. Also, the Americans back home, they started seeing him as a failure because he was not able to rescue Lafayette, who had been exiled from France and was in an Austrian prison because, oh yeah, France is also at war with Austria at this point. Like, truly, the French Revolution, a clusterfuck. Just do one thing at once. Also, Thomas Paine was imprisoned, and Governor couldn't get him out either. So in August 1794, a new minister to France is appointed, and Governor skedaddles out of there. But not before taking some of the king's furniture with him. In particular, he took this one chair that Louis XVI would sit in whenever he would visit Marie Antoinette in her apartments, and then he also took several bottles of Marie Antoinette's wine. So yeah, governor's getting out of France. He's not feeling too good. He's seen a lot of heads on spikes. That's got to make you feel pretty bad. But before going home, he travels around Europe for a couple more years for his business affairs. And one time when he's in Germany, he wrote, Another year is added to the many which have been lost in the abyss of eternal duration. Emo as hell. He saw Adele again in 1795. 
after two and a half years of not seeing her. Dell had been girl bossing as a romance novelist in London, but it's likely that Governor had also been her sugar daddy during this time. Anyway, she moved to Hamburg, where Governor was, and lived in a house that he leased for her. And then he had to go back to London for some business stuff. And while he was there, he heard that she had become engaged to a Portuguese ambassador and was like, the fuck? So he went back to Hamburg and it was like, what the hell are you doing? I pay for your whole lifestyle. Well, we actually have no idea what they talked about, but I'd be a little pissed. And at that point, she didn't actually marry a Portuguese ambassador. But also, she and Governor weren't really together. And she didn't really seem to want to be with him. What she really wanted was she wanted to move back to France. So a couple years later, in 1797, she moved back. And Governor never saw her again. So yeah, Governor, it's getting kind of sad for him. He's feeling a little burnt out, I imagine. In 1798, he comes back to the United States, and he remains a bachelor for 10 more years. He spent some time rebuilding his house, Morrisania. He becomes a senator, but then he didn't get reelected. But, you know, he still hadn't lost his charm. He had some other affairs. One with a poet who was classic, married to another man. But something else was getting him down, too. And I don't mean emotionally. I mean penisally. Since 1794, he had been experiencing a weird pain in his wiener. Like, basically what was happening, his wiener just had a disposition to get clogged. Like, his urethra would get blocked and he couldn't urinate. Maybe just like a major UTI or basically what I'll call clogged wiener syndrome. And back in his day, like, they did have catheters. Benjamin Franklin had even innovated a new type of catheter for his brother. But Governor Morris developed his own methods for unclogging his pain. And I wouldn't say they were great. Uh, for example, one of Governor's friends wrote that one time Governor's wiener had gotten clogged and that he had used a flexible piece of hickory to unclog it. And the thing is, this DIY approach to healthcare. It would lead to his demise. So let's fast forward back to 1809. He's 57. And on Christmas Day, much to the surprise of his family, he marries his 34-year-old housekeeper, Nancy, just right there at Christmas supper. The thing about Nancy is she was actually a gentle lady from the Virginia aristocracy, came from a wealthy family called the Randolphs. But this surprise wedding is pretty spicy. And it's also spicy because before Nancy had married Governor, she was accused of having a baby with another man who happened to be her sister's husband. And then the baby mysteriously died. And then the sister's husband mysteriously died. No! But Nancy and Governor, they seem to have a good life together. They have a child named Governor Jr. You know, he's helping build plans for New York City, the building of the Erie Canal. And then confusingly, during the War of 1812, Governor is like, I think the Constitution is garbage. We should tear it up and break up the nation. But this whole time, Governor's wiener is giving him lots of pain. And he's also inherited some zesty gout. It's 1816. He's 64. And one fatal day, he gets another blockage. 
and he decided to yet again unclog his wiener DIY style. Granted, he had tried a variety of homeopathic methods to get his wee-wee unblocked, none of which had helped him. So this time, instead of hickory, he decides to use a piece of whalebone, and some people think he got the whalebone from his wife Nancy's corset. And again, he took his DIY catheter, like he had done before, to unclog his peen. But unfortunately, this time, it appears to have only made the problem worse and gave him an infection. And Gover knew this wasn't good. In his diary, he wrote he was descending with tottering steps to the bottom of life's hill. And indeed, he died on November 6th, 1816, at the age of 64 from the infection. Some people think that his blockages could have come from the fact that he might have had prostate cancer, but we'll never know for sure. But I like to think the governor had banged so much in his life that his penis just gave out. So to all the slutty fellas out there, just watch out. Learn a lesson from governor. Also, if you want to get with women, maybe lose a leg. This is American Filth. American Filth is a production of School of Humans, and I Heart podcast. It's hosted by me, Gabby Watts. I wrote this episode. I sound designed it. That's why it sounds so amazing. Thank you so much. The theme song was by me and Jesse Neiswanger. The executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Elsie Crowley, and Brandon Barr. You can follow along with the show at American Filth Pod on Instagram. Please follow, like, subscribe, leave a review about the pod. I would really appreciate it, even if it's a terrible review. But if it's a terrible review... Just try to make it really funny, okay? So guys, catch you next time. Bye! I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.